I want to bring in Daniel Horowitz because uh, Daniel, you have uh, you have done a lot of work on this, and you've you started this years ago, um, but you really have boiled this down to what's happening next week. Daniel Horowitz, writer for uh, uh, The Blaze and uh, Conservative Review. Daniel, tell me what's happening here. Well, great to be back with you. And I'll say it's worse than having our national sovereignty abrogated. It's really our bodily sovereignty. Uh, Typically, these international treaties would affect the sovereignty of our nation. This will affect our bodies because the wheel started to churn in the minds of those behind this entire COVID regime, the Great Reset, over the last year. Wow, the people are really acquiescing to this pretty easily. But they were a little bit perturbed that you did have Sweden, you had Florida, you had some areas doing their own thing. So their goal is to create a pandemic treaty that will synchronize and consolidate the control under these global authorities where they could basically lock you down. They could force, uh, you know, therapeutics on you, say, you know, you're a public health threat. This is what you need to do. We're going to declare your region a public health emergency and we can do anything we want. Now, they were working on that for a while, and I was always wondering where the Biden administration was, because you know they supported. They were awfully quiet. Well, it turns out that they quietly submitted amendments to this 2005 international health regulations in January. No press conference, no uh, press release on the WhiteHouse.gov website. We sent them. Our White House sent them. Yep. They sent them, and you could see the strike through. Oh, yeah. And... Basically, every the, the upshot of it is it takes away the determination of the state. The WH Secretary General shall, instead of may, do this, take, took out all the consultation requirements with the state. But we didn't even know about this until a few weeks ago, um, and they're going to submit it at this conference. And like you said, the reason they're doing this is because Biden knows he doesn't have 67 votes for a treaty. So like everything else they do, rather than a treaty, a law, really everything they did throughout COVID, you just do it executively or make an end run around it. So they're going to have a de facto treaty without calling it that. And that's the way they plan on getting this passed. And look, Biden claims to already have the support of Canada and and most of Europe. So this is uh, this puts the WHO in charge of really any kind of. Uh, pandemic, any kind of uh, traumatic event anywhere in the world. They're calling the shots, not our local or our national people, but the WHO, correct? Well, in plain English, China. Um, and, yeah. and, I, and I think I think you can't discuss this WHO effort in a vacuum without noticing last week the Biden administration held this, what he called a global COVID summit. And the sum, the summation of everything that was said on that Zoom get-together was essentially there is a worse pandemic coming in the fall and winter. Now, how they would know that is kind of interesting, uh, but I think we should take them seriously, that they might know something that you and I don't. And they seem to be into indicating that, yeah, you know what, maybe COVID wasn't quite that bad, but this is going to be really bad. Now, think about how... Uh, Wuhan gaslit the world to respond in the way they did. And now you have a whole new level of Shanghai. And then now they're saying there's going to be an even worse pandemic that perhaps should uh, engender a need for an even more severe 
lockdown like we're seeing in Shanghai. Are they saying that that's, that's coming? What they're trying to accomplish. Uh, are they saying that's coming next winter? This coming fall winter, yes. Because huh. you know this uh, treaty, um, the the changes kick in in November. You know they don't kick in right away. You have to wait until next fall, right around election time when they kick in. So the way, Glenn, the way I understand it is that under the current rules, uh, a party could rescind their support, a state actor could rescind the support for the regulations uh, within 18 months. So the amendments would truncate that period to six months, which, as you note, is designed to basically correlate with the lame duck session of Congress, where maybe maybe it will be after the election but before the new Congress is sworn in. Uh, how bad, on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, because everything is on fire right now, it seems like, and, you know, you can only pay attention to so much. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, holy cow, Constitution is on fire, we're all going to die, look, it's a mountain ahead of us, pull up. And 1 being, eh, where is this? You know, Glenn, I, I would say that where we're headed is, is a 15, is something we can never <laughs> imagine. And again, I, I'm not saying it's the WHO provisions in a vacuum. It's what yes. it represents and what they're trying to accomplish. Yes. A lot of people are under the false impression that it's over with, COVID's over with, uh, the, the lockdowns are over with, we're never going back to that. If you understand the background behind this, which a lot of it, we still don't have all the information, but we have our suspicions, they ain't done with this. They're not. And I think, you know, if you put yourself in their shoes, they were pretty successful. I mean, they walked in without firing a shot. They did not have much opposition. You look even at a lot of the red states and and they, they fell for a lot of this to this day. Um, I mean, the FDA announced they're, they're approving a third shot, and not just approving, but marketing, distributing a third shot to 5- to 11-year-olds. Name me the red state that has stood up and said, we're not doing this. I think Florida recommends against it, uh, but I, I don't see too many Republicans speaking out. So I don't think we have undone this. We have not immunized ourselves uh, through state constitutional amendments and other efforts from this happening ever again. So in the past, the reason why I say it's a 15 in the past, it's like, oh, they're going to tax us. They're going to regulate us. They're going to take away our national sovereignty. This, they quite literally view us as lab rats in their new global design. Yes. And I think there's no limit to what they plan on doing. It is so frightening um, because, you know, they, they all love the chief advisor to Klaus Schwab um, is uh, Yuval Noah Har- uh, Harari. And if anybody knows who he is, he is a favorite futurist of everybody on the left. They love this guy. Um, and he has said, you know, globalist elites are going to use crisis to bring about world government. But he says it in a good way. He's like, look, it's going to be a crisis. And, you know, we can program people. And, uh, you know, he is he is terrifying, terrifying on the things that he believes that would be put into our bodies. Um, and uh, it's not just the WHO. You know, you have the, um, uh, what is the other, the other one that is um, the uh, biodiversity. 
the yeah the global treaty on biodiversity that is also uh, taking uh, all kinds of uh, of powers from states. Global biodiversity framework is what they is what they're talking about, um, and um, this one is going to be you know they're going to have a new convention on this, and this one will all be about uh, land use. Um, it will have huge implications on food production, farming, property rights, all of it, all of it. And I believe it will cause what Mao saw in, you know, the uh, 1960s, late 1950s, you know, just massive starvation. This is really bad because they're putting these things into these global treaties and who's going to enforce them? Do you think our military will enforce things like this or will... <laughs> dare to send troops here. You know, Glenn, the sky is the limit. Uh, it, and until a couple of years ago, I would have laughed this off. I would have laughed the, off the comments of Paul Schwab. Yeah, there's some crazies out there, but, you know, they don't have any power. But I think after the past two years, we need to take this very seriously uh, because they did succeed. Uh, I, I, I can't remember the name of the survivor of the Cambodia's um, killing field. Uh, did an interview mm-hmm. on the Epic Times a couple of days ago, and he noted that the way communism took root is the same guy could be the arsonist and the firefighter. And, and that's what they seem to do. They seem to induce yes. these catalyzing events yes. uh, with the pandemic. I mean, it clearly was not natural. Uh, who and exactly what did it, we're still finding out, but it wasn't natural. It wasn't a one in a hundred year natural event. So in other words, there's nothing stopping uh, a new uh, uh, pandemic from coming. And then you have all the supply chain shortages, the sudden issues with the baby formula, um, land use issues, as you mentioned, uh, Bill Gates and the Chinese buying up American land. All of this is tightening the noose around us on the vital things we need to survive. And then you throw into the mix the maniacal war on treating COVID, which you would think if you're a big COVID hawk, you'd be, man, you got to treat that thing. No, they were against it. And to this day, they're against treating it. That all paints a very concerning picture. And I think you know, I, I, I speak to a lot of Republicans and state legislators, and they tell me a lot of their leadership wants to move on from this. But I think you need states to preemptively pass resolutions that these things are unenforceable. We're not going to do them. We're going to pass state constitutional amendments codifying, uh, you know, rights to life, liberty, and property I mean, in, in a time of a public health emergency. You know, the crazy thing is, Daniel, is that um, you, you can't get states to really understand ESG, which the banks are now going to states and saying your state is going to fall under ESG rules for loans from us. And they still don't really understand the threat. When you start talking about, you know, one global government from the WHO, everybody's going to laugh that off. And and I honestly believe that's part of the deal. I mean, they have made conspiracy theory uh, into, you know, hey, did you hear that uh, Coke is on sale at the store? Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. I mean, everything is a conspiracy theory now. Everything. It, exactly. But you know what? I'm going to take them at their word this time. I didn't pay attention last decade. Uh, uh, retrospectively, we've been going back and seeing, oh, my gosh, they've been warning with certitude there's going to be a pandemic under the Trump administration. It's interesting how they knew that. Well, this time I'm going to take them seriously. Bill Gates just came out with his with his new book on how to uh, defeat the next pandemic. 
So, you know, when you have the arsonists as the firefighters, we definitely need to pay attention. We need to get out ahead of this. And you mentioned the banks. And I think one of the biggest threats that we need to understand is that a lot of conservatives have this Reagan-era nostalgia about the private sector. Well, the mm. private sector was a bulwark against tyranny when it was distinguished and separate from the government. Exactly right. But now that it's actually become one entity, it's, it's worse than pure traditional communism because I can't vote out the heads of Pfizer and the heads of the bank. Yep. And, and, and you can't campaign against them and, you know, go to a legislative hearing and expose them. They're all behind the, the wall. So, you know, all these red states where sometimes you have these Republicans, they say, well, well, we're, we're reluctant to fighting this budding fascism because I don't like telling the private sector what to do when they're only doing it at the behest of the federal government. You have an obligation as a state to interpose on behalf of the liberty of the people. I want to give you something from the uh, UN Biodiversity uh, Framework Council. It's being sold uh, as the next Paris uh, Climate Agreement, except it will focus on biodiversity, land use, not climate change. It'll have huge implication on food production, farming, property rights. Also carries with it the potential to cause mass starvation and loss of human life on a scale we have not seen. Uh, Nations and large businesses recently met in Geneva to continue to work on the global biodiversity framework. The hope is it'll be approved and signed by countries later this year in China. Um, And according to the World Economic Forum, the meeting in Geneva was the first time at the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity meeting that leading businesses turned out in force. According to the World Economic Forum, Unilever, gee, they don't make anything, do they? Uh, City, uh, Natura and Company, H&M Group, Walmart, Ikea, Nestle, um, also, the International Chamber of Commerce, the World Business Council on Sustainable Development. Uh, there are more than 1,100 companies with revenues of more than $5 trillion that have signed on to this. This is extraordinarily dangerous. You, you, Daniel is right. Everything has to happen at the state level. Everything. Please. Please, if you are a a state official, wherever you're hearing my voice, please do not take my word for it. Read about it yourself. This is a coordinated thing, all being driven to the end of capitalism, the end of sovereignty, individual sovereignty, your sovereignty of your body. Uh, The American dream is over unless these things are fought and taken seriously, um, you can start with my book, uh, The Great Reset. It's available wherever books are uh, found. What was the name of your book came out a few years ago, uh, Daniel, that talked about this? Stolen Sovereignty. <laughs> so, yeah, Stolen Sovereignty. Uh, get that by Daniel uh, Horowitz. Daniel, thank you so much. Are you, you're, obviously, you're going to be paying attention next week to WHO. Uh, just keep us informed on what's going on, will you? Absolutely. We'll be vigilant. And thank you for having me. God bless. You you bet. God bless. 